member of the Canadian national team program and a professional currently playing in Greece. She graduated from Glenlong Collegiate where she won a provincial title and was ranked as the number one player in the province. She's played for the Manitoba provincial team for three years. She then went on to play at the University of Utah where she graduated from the program as the first player in the school's history to record more than 1,500 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 200 blocks in their career. Additionally, she was ranked in the top five in Pac-12 history in shots blocked and top 15 in total rebounds. She was named to the Pac-12 all-conference team in her sophomore, junior, and senior seasons. She has been part of the Canada Basketball National Team athlete pool since 2012, playing for the cadet national team, and most recently at the 2019 Pan American Games in Peru. She's played professionally in Poland, the Czech Republic, Greece, and Mexico. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. So um, you're calling in from Greece. Your first yep. year playing there, right? Second year. Uh, in second Greece. year in Greece. Okay. So how, how's yes. it been so far this year specifically? It's been good. Yeah. So I was with a different club actually still in Athens last season. Okay. And now I've switched, you know, a different part of the city, different club. And I mean, we're doing well as a team right now we're ranked second in the league making our way through um euro cup you know regular season round as well so nice. it's been you know busy as usual but it's been good for sure so you said are you you said a different team in athens or just in greece generally yeah in athens and in greece oh, there's a okay. lot of the teams actually like in greece are located in athens like at least half okay. of them so it makes the travel a lot easier as well which is really nice for sure. I bet like you're not getting on like crazy, super long bus rides or yeah. like having to get on planes and stuff like that. So, so you said it's your second year. So what's like, I mean, you've, it's, you're not your first year there. You obviously played in, in the intro. I mentioned you played in a bunch of different countries, but how are you adapting to the Greek culture? I love it. I mean, I love the, you know, the lifestyle and the, I mean, the food, the weather, it's all, you know, mm -hmm. amazing. And the life outside of basketball is like super important to me as well. Just yeah. having a good balance. And when I thrive, you know, outside of basketball, it helps me be a better basketball player. So everyone's been super welcoming. Like I have nothing but good things to say about Greece. Nice. Nice. So then I got to ask again, I've never been to Greece. I just see, you know, people go and they, they take the vacation trips and stuff like that. Are you near any beaches? Like, can you get out and just like, Hey, I'm going to go to the beach today. Yeah. I mean, the beaches in Athens, according to all the locals and my teammates here, suck compared to the ones on the islands. But like to me, sure. it's still an amazing beach, which is about 30 <laughs> minutes from where I live. So I just, you know, go for a quick drive and I'm at the beach and I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the thing. You grow up in it and you're like, oh, this is not that good. And I, I've heard, yeah. what are the islands? Like I've heard like they're insane. Like some of those Greek islands. There's were... so many islands. Yeah. Like Mykonos, Santorini, like yes. Milos. Like, yes. Yeah. Have you been to any of them? There's so many. I've been to a couple more, like, I guess like lesser known ones. I've been to Corfu, Lefkada. I've been to some other ones that are like, maybe like an only like an hour ferry ride away. Okay. There's like 20 to 30 to choose from. And to me, they're yeah. all amazing. So yeah, those, yeah, yeah. those well-known ones are obviously, you know, what everyone hears about, but like For there's sure. so many places to see. What, um, what's your favorite food? Greek food. Greek food. Okay. You know, I love me some spanakopita, you know, it's like, yes. like a filo, like the pastry with the spinach yep. and the cheese oh, yeah. in it. Oh yeah. Amazing. Um, but I also love like tzatziki, like anything with tzatziki, oh. gyros, like Greek salad. Like I love feta cheese. I could eat a brick of feta probably by itself. So <laughs> that's probably everywhere. It's like feta is just like 
you can it's always amazing. get some feta. Yeah. Yeah. Feta is amazing. Okay. Enough about the food. We this is, <laughs> we're not going down that path. It's going to be like a Greek exploring Greek, uh, Greece podcast. So, yeah. um, I want to jump back into the basketball. Uh, so I always like to start, like if I have a, a history with someone or I know them or they've coached me or whatever, I always kind of start with like a story. Um, and I think, you know, I've told you this before, but, um, you know, we, we both graduated from Glenlawn. Um, Glenlawn has a great basketball culture, uh, you know, Kornberger and then, and he's just been there forever. And even so much so that like, you know, he would give me lessons and I'm with the men's team. He's coaching the women's team and he would like, Hey, come here. I want to show you something. Right. Like he's just, yeah. he's that guy. Right. And, um, but then when I, later on, when I started doing stat trackers, I mean, we obviously statted some of your games and to say that the stat lines were ridiculous would be an understatement. I read some of your stats at the at like you know the NCA level. Now this we're talking about high school. Um, it was uh, it was it, they were pretty much you were like the entire box score. And like we keep keep in mind we're keeping track of blocks, rebounds, steals, point everything, offensive rebounds. Like and so like yours just stuffing the stats all the time, right? And I just remember that because I had just started the company and you're sitting there and you're just like rebound. Like, and then someone missed, you get the rebound and be like, and so it was just like this constant thing, but it was just be your name. Right. So anyways, that's my first memory of you because, you know, <laughs> you were funny. obviously a force. Um, so, but I want to take that and then say, well, what are some of your first memories of basketball? Like who introduced you to the game? How did you get involved? You know, tell us about that. Good question. Even you talking about high school, Mike, that feels like <laughs> forever ago. And I'm not even that old, but <laughs> But first memories of basketball, I mean, I started playing when I was in grade seven, but okay. before that, you know, I was around the game, like my old, both my older sisters played basketball and my dad actually coached at like my, um, elementary junior high school. So mm -hmm. by the time I was like five years old, I'd just be like in the gym with him when he'd be practicing with his like grade eight or grade nine boys. Yeah. So I wasn't playing basketball. I was wheeling around on a scooter and eating my <laughs> snacks, but I was around the game in and the gym. I know he, yeah, I was in the gym, you know, maybe I dribble a basketball every once in a while. Yeah. But yeah, my family just all really liked it. I used to watch, you know, March Madness with my dad on TV. And I feel like mm -hmm. that's kind of like my first memories of basketball when I was like, I want to do that. Like, so even before yeah. I started playing basketball in grade seven, I always knew it was something I was going to do. And even from the time I started, I had the goal of like, I want to play in the NCAA. Like, that's just something I want to mm. do. Like, it seems cool. <laughs> so yeah, wow. I started so you, had, out. you had that goal way back then. Like, do you remember how old you were? Like, was it in grade seven or shortly after that, that you kind of had that set in your mind? Yeah. Like even before grade seven, like just really? as a kid, like watching basketball on TV, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And obviously cool. I didn't know it'd be possible. And then as yes. I, you know, got further into basketball and in, in grade nine, then it came kind of more realistic for me. Yeah. Yeah. So what about like, shout out to what school you went to in grade seven, where'd you play? <laughs> <laughs> you Samuel Berland. There you Samuel go. Samuel Berland School. There we go. Yeah. Shout out. Shout Saint out. Patel. Saint Patel gal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I had uh, great coaches even from the start. Um, and obviously, like Berland was the school that was just closest to my house. Glenlawn mm -hmm. was also, you know, the school, like my feeder school into high school. And, you mm -hmm. know, just thankful, you know, that Kornberger was there and could, you know, help me with so much along like For my sure. journey. Um, sure. And then I started playing club, obviously, and like in grade yeah. seven, started playing yeah. at school, and then I'll start playing club, and I played junior bisons, which I found out that the junior bison girl program is no longer even a thing. I was like, Are you what? serious? Okay. Like, yeah, they have immense. I have no idea. <laughs> I've been oh, out wow. of it for too long, but they have like the men's program. I know they still have like the junior bisons, like men's travel yeah. team and everything. But 
yeah, that was super big when I was, you know, a kid from grade seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. I only did junior bisons and it helped me so much. You know, we just did so much skill work. I mean, so many practices, we didn't even play that many games. We just, yeah. you know, went down to the States a couple times a year, got our butts kicked yeah. and then we come back home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned your, your dad, obviously you mentioned your sisters, uh, you said you had some great coaches. So who were some of those early mentors and maybe just, you know, talk about some of those lessons, you know, obviously you mentioned Kornberger as well. You know, you learn these things. Sometimes you don't even realize until much later. You're like, oh yeah, they did teach me this. So shout, shout out to some of your, 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 those mentors early on and maybe some of those lessons they taught you. Yeah. I mean, my junior bison coaches, I had a few of them, but you know, like Michelle is someone, Michelle Sung is someone who, you know, was like shortly, like finishing like her playing career. Same with like, mm -hmm. um, Sarah and like, they were people that I could look up to that, you know, had played at the university level. I didn't really know any other players that like were playing besides mm -hmm. them. You know, I could mm -hmm. see them in the gym, they could help me and stuff. And they had a lot of players throughout the junior bison's program that would help with the younger teams, um, which I think is super important for like young athletes to see. And I still remember like vividly, like just working on the fundamentals with junior biceps mm -hmm. and having those just ingrained in me. And like, it wasn't about playing the games. It wasn't about playing a 20 game season and trying to win games. It was literally just yeah. about coming to practice and working on skill work, doing a three man weave until you couldn't mm -hmm. get it wrong. Mm -hmm. I still remember learning the footwork to a layup. And that's something that will always stick for me. Like, and I really? was trying to, you know, I was trying to like, okay, right, left, right. But then when you're on the other side, you got to do left, right, left. And I was like, inside, outside, inside. And I would just yeah. tell myself that over and over and over again, as I dribbled <laughs> to try to get, you know, like a stride layup down. Yeah, and like, yeah, I'll yeah. never forget that. So was this when you were doing like the junior bison stuff around that age? Yeah. Like grade yeah. seven, like yeah. I was five eleven in grade seven, but yeah, so raw, like, you yeah. know, never like played any other kind of like little basketball teams or tournaments or anything when I was younger. I did soccer. I did ring it. I kind of did whatever I wanted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, junior bisons, I learned a lot of great skills at Burland. I had a really great coach um, when I was in grade eight. She's actually my next, my next door neighbor now to this day, what, Kyla. And Kyla, okay. we went, <laughs> we went to the provincial finals when I was in grade eight and I was nice. like, it was like, the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's big time back then. Like, I think the well, when you make it the provincial time uh, uh, final in the the was it the G yeah. junior varsity provincial championships or whatever that's called, it's like a super big event. I don't know. Did they do it at um, Tech Vok when you were doing it? Then? Do you remember? Think, I don't think it was at Tech Vok then. Okay. I feel like I would remember that gym because it's very yeah because like, it was massive. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I do remember we played Sergeant Park. That was always like, yes, they're always you know, there. You're going to get, they're always there with the younger level. So, yeah, we lost to Sergeant Park and it was so upsetting to me, but it was kind of like my first big game, I guess, big experience. Where yeah. I was like, oh my God, like I've, I've made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you're playing, so you're playing club. Do you remember was, I don't know, maybe it was this moment we just talked about, but there was a moment when you're like, I really want to take this seriously or had that already happened like once you're like playing serious club you're like oh i'm taking this seriously now or was there something that clicked at some point that's a good question i think yeah there probably was a moment where it clicked a little bit more for me i think in grade seven and eight i played you know with some different teams and 
um, was doing well. And then when I played with them in grade nine, I kind of got moved up to like a more like competitive mm. team. So I was playing with like Jenny Lynn Montana, mm. I was playing with Jamie Brown and like all these other players that I thought were so good at the time. And then mm-hmm. I got to join that team and I was like, Oh, like, I guess I'm at that level and like, yeah. it's going to be, you know, more competitive. And like, I was having fun with my friends, like learning the skills, all of that. But like, this was like a li- the first time I was like a little bit more serious and I mm-hmm. like noticed, noticed it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you went on after that to, to go to Glenlon. It, it was not a transfer. This is actually your feeder school. Uh, <laughs> yep. you know, sometimes it's like people are transferring, but you were a same, same Vital girl, you know, uh, Samuel Berland. So that's that's the school you go to. But you end up going to Glenlon, which again, uh, we talked about, you know, Mr. Kornberger, you know, a powerhouse in its own right throughout the years. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I don't know how many years older than you, but like during my time there, like I don't know how many they want, but they were there all the time. Right. And so a place of, of tradition. Um, what do you remember about your first year? Again, you probably played, did you play JV or did you go right to varsity? So I played like grade nine, grade nine. Um, oh, yes. on the grade yes. nine team at Glenmont. And then I played three years of varsity. Okay. So you went right up after that. Yeah. 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 And so what do you, re- what do you remember about the, the, the jump from going from JV to like, Varsity, was it easy? Like, do, what do you remember? I guess is, is just the general question. Like, what's first things that come to mind? I mean, I remember Kornberger like even before, like even in grade nine. And okay. obviously, my sister was two years older than me. So, you know, I could be around it, watch her games. That definitely helped yeah. me like see the game and that sort of thing. But one memory I have of Kornberger is, you know, it was the end of grade nine. I think, yeah, season was already over. Maybe I was in the gym shooting or something. And mm-hmm. it was going to be my first time trying out for the provincial team. Okay. So I'm getting ready to try for provincial team, 15 U tryouts and Kornberger mm-hmm. came up to me at school and was like, you should try out for the 17 U team. I was like, what? Oh, I was like, oh, I've really? never played provincial team before. I'm going to go to 15 U <laughs> tryouts. And you're telling me I should also, I should try out for the 17 U team. Like I'm in grade nine. Yeah. And so I went to tryouts and I didn't know anybody. Like, I don't even know if anybody else on Glenlon, maybe there's a couple of them that, that tried out for the 15 U team or people I've played yeah. against. So I recognize some of the people in my category. I did my tryout and then I stayed and I did the 17 U tryout after it. And I didn't know not one person. And like, yeah. I was terrified. Like yeah. Tanya was a head coach. I was super intimidated. <laughs> We're at the U of W doing this tryout. Yeah. And so all, all weekends. I got a Sharpie number written on my leg or whatever, my arm of what number you are. And at the end of practice, they're calling out what numbers are going to come back. Like it was Mm -hmm. like back then it was just like, this is your number. You hear your number. You're coming back. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. So I went to like, I went to all the, all the, all the tryouts and yeah, it was hard, but I ended up making the 17 U team. And I was like, what the heck? Like I was not expecting it at all. Yeah. Yeah. But, th- but I think that's a shout out to like the first question I asked you about your mentors, because like, you know, mentors are there to like, you know, guide you and all this stuff, but sometimes they're there to push you because we, you know, when you're young, you don't always know what you're capable of and it needs someone to be like, no, no, like you can do this and you need to try to do it. Right. And then you're like, oh, really? I guess, I guess I'll, I guess so. Right. And had he not yeah. been there or you had been somewhere else or, you know, maybe that conversation ever happens. Um, maybe you play 15 U and, and probably would have had a great time and it's all that, but he was there to kind of give you that nudge. I think that's just a super important shout out to, to those mentors. Cause that's kind of what they're there for, you know? Yeah, for sure. I definitely would have never tried out for that team if he wouldn't have said something. And at that point, I don't think I was good at basketball yet at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, yeah. he saw something in me. I was, you know, 
in grade nine and I was six, five. So he was like, yeah, let's get this girl. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 starting, exactly. <laughs> starting to develop. So <laughs> even that first year on the team, I, I didn't play a lot, but like, mm-hmm. I learned so much playing with those like older posts and yep. those older players. And they just kind of took me under their wing and it, and it set me up so much better for the next two years. And then to play yep. varsity the next year as well, and be more comfortable, more ready for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the jump was as difficult. Exactly. Cause you're playing against some of those same players you played with, you're playing against them. You play, and so it's, yeah. you're, you're at that level. Right. Um, so you obviously went and you won a provincial championship. What do you remember about that championship? I remember everything just coming together, like at the right time, perfectly mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And at that point, you know, we had played against, um, we had played against Westwood maybe once or twice and lost to them. Okay. They're mm-hmm. coming in. They were undefeated all season long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had our ups and downs. Obviously we did well, like in our league. And so we ended up playing them in the semifinals and beating them in their unbeaten streak. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a I lot going that. on, I think. <laughs> yeah. Throughout the whole that. season. And it was kind of like, yeah, the stars aligned. We had people step up at the right time and yeah, that was kind of like the big, big matchup of that, um, of those provincials. And we ended up playing Oak Park in the finals. And we hadn't even played Oak Park a single time the whole season until mm. the finals. So mm-hmm. we're kind of like going in blind. But after winning that semifinal game, it was like, there's no way we're losing. Like, no one's going to stop yeah. us in this in this final game after we just, you know, beat this team that was 30 and 0. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so things, you know aligned well for us and you know maybe we got a little bit lucky and sometimes you know you can put in all the work but you have to peak at the right time and we were yep. we were fortunate fortunate enough to have that happen for us and yeah. and win absolutely yeah i know that's i actually remember that because i'm quite clo- close with sarah and, and john and you know we were around i was thinking i was helping john coach with Oak park back then and yeah, yeah, like that was a that was huge like that was like a big time big time upset for sure i mean it was an up it wasn't upset just because of the nature of the, the season they were having. It's not that like they were un, completely unbeatable, but to that point they were right. So it was, it was super big. Um, so you finish up, I mean, that was the year, that was your grade 11 year, correct? Yes. Yeah. And then what did you, uh, do you remember your grade 12 year? I mean, again, this is your grade 12 year. Um, you know, this is your last year, you know, you're probably likely the most comfortable you've ever been. What do you remember just about the year generally? Um, obviously you guys didn't win the title that year, but um, you know, you're obviously new at this point. You're probably, you're going to play college. Uh, what do you remember about it? Yeah. I mean, I think it was a great year. We, we had a ton of, you know, good players and a lot of just like athletes on our team. We had, mm. you know, like me as, as a basketball player, we had Laura McManus, who was the number one volleyball player. Mm. We had soccer players because that time Glenlon had like that elite like soccer program. Yes. So yes. we had soccer players on the team. We had hockey players. We had, you know, like a couple other players that were, you know, were competitive in basketball as well. But it was just like a bunch of athletes thrown together. Mm-hmm. And I think we did, you know, a great job of coming together. Um, we played Oak Park a couple of times in the season, lost to them. Mm-hmm. And same thing in the finals. I think the finals was like the closest game we had, but like they were all a bunch of basketball players, like club players, skilled players, knowledgeable players about the game. And, you know, we did, we did what we could. And I'm like, I think we did amazing. Like we, 
brought like our group and, and made it work to the best of our abilities. And mm-hmm. I remember being like super upset about like losing that final. And I was like, you know, like, what does that say about me as a player? Like I couldn't like put the team on my back or win us a championship, you know, like I'm supposed yeah. to be the best player in the province. We won last year. Like it's expected of me to do that again. Like I yeah. should have done it again. Like yeah. I, it's my, it's my fault. Like at the yeah. end of the day, like I was the one that needed to make it happen and I couldn't. Yeah, you start so, playing that game. <laughs> that yeah, mind game. and I remember my yeah. my dad said something to me. He was like, you know, this may be the highlight of some people's basketball career, but it's not going to be the highlight of yours. It's not going to be mm-hmm. the worst moment of yours. It's not going to be the highlight of yours. And that kind of helped me see the bigger picture. Like, yeah, winning a provincial championship was great when I was in grade 11 and losing in grade 12 wasn't awesome. But like, I don't even think about it now, you know, like yes. I already knew my basketball career was going to continue. There was going to be other things like if that, you know, that win, they, they can have it. It's okay with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. That's that again. Yeah. Having someone in your corner like that, that can give you, provide you some perspective. You're like, okay, yeah, this is great. But at that time, did you, had you already known that you were going to Utah? Had you committed already? Yes. At that time, like I committed, I think maybe like November. Okay. Of my senior year. So it was like, yeah. just like, I think like it was around, it was still in volleyball season. So yes. I already knew at that point, you know, and I think, I can't remember if any of the assistants came and watched me like play in the chant in the provincial final and saw me lose. Maybe it was yeah. like <laughs> a couple of games before that. I'm hoping yeah, yeah, that no yeah, one was yeah. there to see it. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. So then who, so tell us, I want to, I always love hearing uh, about the recruit, the recruiting story. Like, why do you choose a play? So I guess, tell us who else was recruiting you. You know, did you go for visits? Walk us through that. Yeah. So I guess I kind of started being recruited probably grade 10, like more so. And, you know, there were some like smaller schools like NDSU, US, um, UND. Honestly, I can't even remember which school it was. I think it was NDSU. Mm. And I remember going for a drive there just to go check out the campus with my mom and like actually like meet with the coaches. So I guess I could be more of like an unofficial visit. Yeah. And they offered me a scholarship like that day. And it this was is like, temp- this is when you were in the 10th grade, like after your 10th grade year or I think so. Yeah. I don't think okay. I was in grade 11 yet. I hadn't gone on any of my other, like I hadn't gone on any official visits or anything like yeah. that. And they offered me a scholarship and I just sat there <laughs> straight face. Didn't say anything. I was like, okay. And they were just like, what? They thought I was going to be excited. They thought that was going to be my yeah, reaction. Yeah. You're like, that was so weird. I was like, honestly, I don't know. I just feel like I have to keep it cool, keep it professional, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I just like, didn't really have like a lot of emotion back then. My mom was probably like, what the heck is this kid doing? But yeah. like, she knew that was kind of my, <laughs> my personality. Um, but yeah, from that moment on, I was like, okay, like this is like pretty crazy. And obviously I stayed in contact with them. They were like, you know, like great to, um, be recruited by and all of that, but I wasn't going to make any type of like fast decision either. I knew that For sure. I knew that, you know, I needed, um, to play in some AAU tournaments in the States, um, hopefully make a national team and, you know, get seen by more coaches that way. Mm-hmm. And that's how Utah found me was through the national team program, um, right. Iowa state. And then also, um, I can't remember the name of the school. That's bad. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> on the east, <laughs> on the east coast. Um, yeah. So I took three official visits, and it was kind of yeah. spread out: west coast, central, east coast. Kind of wanted to see a little bit of everything, yeah. and all the programs were so different. 
Um, but my final two were Iowa State and Utah. And it was a really mm-hmm. tough choice. It was really, really tough. But why Utah? I loved- like what was the, what was the thing that like put it over the top? It was probably a few things, but like what were they? Yeah, like, honestly, say, oh, it you was, it was, it was just the feeling. I made so mm-hmm. many pro con lists. I flipped coins. Um, <laughs> my family was getting so mad at me for not making a decision like on time or like quickly. Really? Um, because it was, it was signing week. Okay. So whatever, everyone's signing their national letters of intent on Monday. I didn't even pick Utah till Wednesday. I was like, I was, I was stressed and I was like, I'm not going to make a decision until I'm ready. Like it's going to, I'm going to think it through. And yeah, both were power five conferences. I love the teams, but just something about like being on the actual Utah visit, something felt like that was, that was home. That's where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. So I think on paper, Iowa state seemed like the better choice, honestly. Like just in like Mm -hmm. their caliber of play, like at that time, like the amount Mm -hmm. of support and like the fan base they get like 9,000 fans a game. Like it's crazy. You know, they're in Ames, Iowa. Like everyone is all like all for their basketball program. And I loved everything about it. And that was the hardest thing was honestly saying no to them, making that phone call. Like, Hey, (laughs) I don't want to go to your school. Like, yeah, I got to call them on the phone and I'm like 16 years old. And I'm like, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Stressful. So what, tell us a little bit about the actual visit itself. Like what, like obviously they probably talk about academics and stuff. I don't know. Like, like give us a quick walkthrough of like what a visit is like to, to both these schools. Yeah. I mean, they wine and dine you on your visits. Okay. Like it is a fun time. (laughs) It is a great time. (laughs) And yeah. I mean, you learn about anything you want to in regards to like certain programs you're interested yeah. in. So I was like, okay, like maybe I'll learn a little bit about business or sports science. And, you know, they can yeah. take you to those buildings, introduce you to some people, you meet everyone on the team. Um, at Utah, I got to do an individual workout, which was great and play some pickup with the girls, which was also nice. super fun. Um, and it depends if you go on your visit, sometimes they'll pair you with other recruits, right? So at Utah, yeah. I had two other recruits there with me. And I think in Iowa, I might've just been by myself. You know, I went to a football game with both um, visits, which was fun. Like, you know, I think I went like to like laser tag and bowling and one in Utah, I went like up into the mountains a little bit. Right. And we did like a zip line. So it was like, Mm. whatever's the best they have to offer you or something fun, they're going to want to try to show you, you know, a good time and you have your player host. So you just kind of get to meet the team, which I think is like the biggest indicator because the players are not going to, players are not going to lie to you. Yes. Everything's a lot of things sound sweet on the phone, talking to coaches sometimes. Of course. So it's always good to get like the player um, point of view, but Utah Mm -hmm. also had three Canadians. Okay. um, When I went on my visit and all three of those were still there my freshman year. So that made it feel like home. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I guess that totally does. There's something about having Canadians around. (laughs) That you're like, oh, okay. Well, if they like it here, I mean, I probably will too. Exactly. <laughs> I'm wondering if it was the other way around. Like if Iowa had like, they had a bunch of Canadians, if you would have been like going there, like, cause you know, you said it was like a feeling you're like, I don't really, I can't yeah. pinpoint it. Maybe that was a big draw. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, That's a good question because at that time I would have been the first Canadian to ever go to Iowa, mm. which, you know, was something on the different end. Like I could be the first person to do something like that would be exactly. cool too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what do you remember about your first year at Utah? 
Do you um, remember anything remember. about your first year? <laughs> yes, of course. I remember I flew down there by myself um, before classes started. And yeah. I wasn't there during the summer period because I was with the 19U national team. So the mm. other freshmen were there during the summer, taking summer classes and doing summer workouts. So I kind of got there kind of late. So that was like a little bit stressful because they had already had time to adjust. And I just showed up at the end of August on a Friday and we start school on Monday. <laughs> so, you know, assistant coach picks me up. I get settled in my dorm. He's like, all right, I'll see you Sunday at the team meeting. I'm like, wait, what am I supposed to do all weekend? Like I'm free to do whatever I want. Like there's no one here telling me what to do. Like what? <laughs> there's no rules. Like, so that was kind of crazy for me, but I had a bit of experience, like being away from home with a national team. I think, you know, like we had done like a month, I had been a, done a month of being away from home when we were doing training camps and traveling the last couple summers. So that made it a little bit easier to like be on my own. Um, but yeah, it was kind of crazy. You're just thrown into it, but you know, my experiences with the national team made the transition for myself. I think the playing wise a lot easier mm -hmm. and I just, you know, I slept a lot. Like my freshman year, I was tired. Like we were practicing uh, a lot. Like I was tired. It's just like a different level of intensity to and yes. sustain for so long compared to high school. So I was asleep at like 1030 every night. Like I was really? knocked out and I'm like, wow, now I like, I'm up late all the time. <laughs> like yeah. I was asleep. <laughs> and yeah, I think my freshman year was, was great. I had the opportunity to play a lot, which was not expected. We had, you know, the starting post terror ACL, unfortunately in the summertime. So I was expecting to play behind her and learn a ton and kind of absorb that. And then it's like, okay, here, there's a ton of minutes up for grab. Yeah. You got to go take them. And it kind of let, gave me the luxury of like playing through mistakes a little bit more than I think mm -hmm. sometimes freshmen get. For sure. Sometimes you're going to sure. get pulled when you're making those mistakes, but <laughs> thankfully I was able to like get playing time and like learn through playing, which is a lot more fun than just learning and practice and watching. Yes. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Especially if like you have the leash to do it, like the coaches and like, like you said, pulling it, you're like, well, I guess I'm going to get these 20 minutes no matter what. So yeah. 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 You have that little bit of liberty. So obviously you went on to do a lot more like than your freshman year. What are some of the, like your, your kind of standout memories of your time there? Oh, it's a tough one. These ones are always hard. People are like, I don't know. Like there's so many. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I mean, we had, we had great trips. We had some, you know, great wins, bad losses. Um, one of my favorite, I got a couple favorite, like good wins. Like my mm -hmm. freshman year, we beat Utah. Uh, we, we were down in BYU, Utah, mm -hmm. BYU rivalry is right. Super big. So we beat them in overtime. And that was my first experience playing in like a real rivalry game. Yeah. And I actually, you know, got to be a part of it, got to be like on the court for quite a bit of it, but I think I fouled out with like a couple minutes left in regulation. Mm -hmm. And then I was just on the bench and I got to watch like, um, Michelle Plouf, like amazing Canadian yeah. player just go off yeah. And over time and like when, and like, that was just like, we're, you know, throwing water in the locker room. Yeah. And it was just like a super fun, um, game to be a part of. And kind of my first like college game experience that like really mm -hmm. stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, you know, there's other games, you know, where nice. it's like, Hey, we had a good win. We squeaked out a good win. But I think like senior weekend for me was like super amazing, um, to have all my family there to see me. Mm. 
you know, my mom and my dad had come a couple times, like throughout my career each. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sisters had never seen me play live in college. My niece got to come. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my stepdad, my stepmom, and like that just, yeah, that just meant a lot to have everybody there. And I played great and we won both games. And, you know, sometimes you don't get good matchups for senior yeah. your last games at home. You're playing yeah. ranked teams, you're playing really difficult teams, but you know, like we played, you know, Washington, Washington state, and they were good. And then we got like two like good wins against them. And yeah, it was just like such a good feeling to have yeah. that moment, like in my college career. And like, yeah, that's something sure. that I'll definitely always remember. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Having your family and friends who've, who've kind of been there with you the entire time sharing those, I guess, you know, the last moments that you've, you know, you've been spending yeah. all this time in one place, all the energy, all the effort. And now they're there to kind of like send you off is for sure. That's super cool. What was it? Uh, obviously I'm guessing it was a very emotional, happy tears and like one of those types yeah. of weekends. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I didn't know if I was going to cry or not, but when they were like calling, <laughs> your name out and we did yes. it we, we did it after did we do it after the game or before the game i think we also did a presentation like after the game as well okay. or like you know when yeah. you come out on the court yeah. they have your you know your picture with your jersey you walk out with your family yeah. and i was like <laughs> yeah you know, I'm trying, not to, <laughs> trying not to cry um because yeah i was there for five years and i lived there and it felt like home at that point and That's... just a lot of memories and sad to go from seeing you know your best friends your teammates every mm-hmm. day to now we're all over the world so it's crazy yep. i'm like yep. oh my gosh like i miss them like yeah college college like the best thing i took away from it was you know the people i met and my teammates in college who are still my best best friends today for sure for sure i love that's what i love about sport any sport obviously basketball in this sense it's like you can say that right it's like my friends and my network come from this which is, which is super cool. You had mentioned that you played five years. Now you had, you had an injury, right? Snuggle in there. What was yes. the, what, yeah. What was it briefly? Just, I just want to kind of get an idea. Was that after second year? When, when was it? It was after my freshman year. After your freshman. Okay. It was, uh, yeah. Like fall. I was like end of September. I tore my ACL. Mm-hmm. And so that sucks because like I had a good freshman season mm-hmm. and I felt like really poised to have like a great like sophomore season at that point I was feeling the best I ever had. Mm-hmm. And so that obviously sucks because it took me out for a full season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any, any, any positive takeaways from being out for the full season? I mean, it's, it's, you know, you tear your ACL. It's like, Hey, tell us about the positives, but I mean, there must've been some that you can uh, pull from there. Or was it just like a tough year? It was really, really tough for me mentally because it was hard to be around basketball when I couldn't play yes. because I just like loved it. Um, but it did. Yeah. I reinforced the fact that like, I really, really, really loved this game. Mm. And I was like determined to get back. And I knew that like, you know, if I was like, whatever, I don't care, then maybe I wasn't in the right spot or I wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, doing what I was supposed to do. But like, I missed it so much that reiterated to me, like, yes, I, I need to come back. I want to do this and, and lit that fire in me that like, when I come back, nobody's going to stop me. And I think mm-hmm. I had like my best season, like statistically, in my red shirt sophomore year, like the, mm-hmm. the the season after I came back because I was just a woman on a mission. I was like, no one's mm-hmm. stopping me. Like mm-hmm. I have been out for so long. Like I, I need this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So you, you obviously we talked, we played five years. Uh, at what point did you know that you were going to, or that you wanted to play professionally? 
when I was in grade nine. Yeah. Okay. So you knew yeah. before you're like, look, I'm, I'm yeah. playing pro. Yeah. So then, so then what was the, what was the process like, you know, you're finishing up your, your last year, had you already signed a contract before you finished? Like talk about the timing of it. Uh, how'd you get on a team? Did you sign an agent? Like what's that pro what was that process like? Yeah, that was also kind of stressful, but, <laughs> um, and towards the end of my senior year, I had agents starting to reach out to me. Okay. Whether mm -hmm. it was like mostly through like social media, maybe like, I don't know how they got my email. I don't know if it was email, probably just mostly social media. Okay. Yeah. And they're talking to you. And I was like, Hey, like I'm focusing on the season. Thank you for reaching out. Like I'm gonna get back to you after our season's over. Mm -hmm. Because at that time, like that was the rules too. Like you're not supposed to talk to agents before your eligibility is up. Mm -hmm. And now I think that's potentially changed. I'm not so, sure, yeah. but yeah. So I was like, I'm not, just, I'm just going to focus on finishing my season to the best of my abilities. And then after season ended, I took, you know, about a week off. And then I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. I got to sign an agent ASAP. Um, because the final four weekends, um, for like NCAA basketball is a really big, like event and meeting ground for, you know, coaches, agents, mm -hmm. even like WNBA coaches, so mm -hmm. all the agents are going to be there. They're going to be able to network. They're going to be able to drop your name and kind of get a feel, you know, even from like WBA coaches, what they're kind of thinking about you and start like working on your behalf. So I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I need to sign an agent, like hopefully before then, or like around that time. So, you know, I had phone calls with a bunch of them, FaceTimed. Um, I, I think maybe like some agents were of other players. I knew like other Canadian players mm -hmm. or like past teammates, but mm -hmm. yeah, this is my agent and they could kind of like vouch for them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best way to probably like gauge things is ask other players. And I've had other sure. players ask me over the years, like, Hey, what do you think about this agency? I'm like, well, you know, I'm signed with them right now. So yes, yeah. I like them and they're, they're <laughs> yeah, working yeah. well for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I signed my agent like during that, um, final four weekend. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of went off of, again, like a gut feeling. I don't yeah, know. I guess that's sure. my kind of thing. I was like, I feel like this person's going to care about me. Um, you know, they didn't have like a, a too overwhelming client list where I feel like I'd fall at the bottom of the food chain, but it mm -hmm. wasn't like such a small industry where I didn't feel like they had connections to get me to a good place that I wanted to go. So I, I kind of, sure. I kind of go for that happy medium at that point. Um, and then from then on, yeah, she was, I signed it. I had to sign a contract with that agent. And from there, she was just going to work and try to find me like, um, like a training camp contract in the WNBA. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the goal. So after the WNBA draft, you know, they draft 36 players. And from then there was a couple of interests from, you know, a couple of different teams that end up signing a training camp contract with the storm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's Seattle, right? Just for people in the Seattle storm. Okay. And then <laughs> what was that storm, like? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The storm, like people are like, wait, so what was it What's like? Yeah. So did you like training camp? You go out to training camp. Yeah. So that was, um, like was end of like? the month. Yeah. It was, how long, how long you there for? Yeah. Like, I mean, the storm, I don't remember. I mean, the storm traditionally have been fairly good. I don't know how they, if they were super, were they super good then as well? I don't remember. Yeah. They ended are... up winning the championship that season okay. actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're good. <laughs> yeah. So I went in at the end of April. So after I found out that I had signed with them, I had a couple of weeks to get ready. I'm like, all right. So I just like brought a couple of suitcases with me, left everything else in my apartment. I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And I knew going in that, like, you know, 
I couldn't just be good. I'd have to be like over and above exceptionally and amazing to be able to take a draft, like a a rookie that was drafted, take their spot or take somebody else's spot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Like just like playing against Brianna Stewart in practice. Like she's guarding me and like, I will never forget the moment where I like took a dribble and a pull up and I scored and I was like, like it's gonna be like my it's gonna be a core memory for me that time I scored yeah (laughs) or like Sue Bird's coming up to me in practice and talking to me about hey like maybe try this or think about it in this way and trying to explain a concept to me and everyone was like super welcoming and it was just like super fun and I felt like that first taste of being a pro was just amazing Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and I was like this is really about to be my job like I go to practice and then I go home and you know or you know I go back to the hotel I get food I can do whatever I want and like this just seems great (laughs) like I'm living the life (laughs) but I was only (laughs) I was only there for about a week you know did one preseason game did not see the floor yeah um and that was about it and they're like yeah like wasn't at the level that they wanted and mm-hmm. said, you know, get some experience like playing overseas in Europe and, yeah. you know, hopefully improve and get to that level. Yeah. Yeah. So that was awesome. And then throughout the summer, you know, I kept the same agent and I ended up signing to go play in Poland. So, you know, she did all the work on my behalf and would send me, you know, different teams also asked for my opinion, but at that point I was a rookie. I had no idea what I was looking for. Yeah. What I wanted. So like, she sure. kind of was like, here's, here's an offer. This is what the money <laughs> yeah. is. This is where it is. I was like, okay, sure. Where do I sign? Yeah. Yeah. So besides your agent, did you have anyone else advising you? Like, did you reach out to any other like past teammates being like, Hey, like, or is it just you and the agent and you just kind of like listen to what they said? Yeah. At that point it was just like, just me, my agent. And I think now that I'm older, I know so many more people playing overseas and it's, you know, kind of its own little community and you can connect with people on what they think of certain clubs. If they've played in certain clubs, certain countries and kind of what their opinion on it is. And I have players, Mm -hmm. you know, that like other people be like, Hey, yeah, you can message Emily and they'll message me be like, Hey, I, I told this player to message you about your club from last year because they're interested in her. I'm like, okay, I can give you some inside information about how I thought the club treated me. And you know, Sure. Whether or not I think you should go, like, is it a good <laughs> yeah. fit or not? So yeah, you just exactly. learn to talk to people. But when yeah. you're a rookie, I don't think you know that yet, which kind of sucks because I feel like there should be more of a community from then. And I feel like it could maybe save or help some people. Yeah, just having that network. I mean, I, I would I would imagine, I don't know who knows now. Um, it's not like it was that long ago, but I think maybe people are more in tune to like reach out through social media. I don't know. I have no idea, yeah. but I agree with you like that mentorship piece or like those elements of just passing on a little bit of knowledge can go a long way um, in helping people. Right. And just not even Definitely. just feel like they're not alone. Like, never mind that. Cause my next question was going to be, was like, what was your first year? Like, like you're playing in Poland. You're like, okay, like I'm here. Like it's nothing like, you know, in a different country and there's no, you're not on campus. Like it must've been a pretty big, uh, pretty big shock. Yeah, it was a hot mess. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least in college, you know, you get to do an official visit. Yep. They're they're usually close to your time zone. You know, they speak their first language is English. Mm -hmm. And so you sign a contract sight unseen. Like, I don't know where I'm living. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Not a single person that lives in this country. Mm-hmm. don't know anybody. I'm just about to be picked up at the airport by a random person. Okay, great. Let's do this. Do it, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what this, like 
I mean, you can talk to the coach beforehand. You don't know if he's crazy, if he's going to make you practice, you know, like it can be a good and it can be bad. And, you know, I feel for people who have like negative first experiences overseas because it can really like make you not enjoy the process and not enjoy Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and make you want to stop playing overseas. And sometimes you get lucky in a good situation. Um, I don't think I got that lucky. (laughs) (laughs) I ended up, you know, having a coach and we were practicing four hours a day, doing a lot of running. Four hours a day? Like two in hours one in the morning. Four, okay. No, two hours in the morning, two still, hours at night. That's, that's insane. And, so. you know, I did some exploring in Poland. Like I enjoyed it, you know, started to get mm-hmm. to know my teammates. But at the same time, also like there was a big language barrier with some of my teammates. Yeah. And I was like, how am I supposed to communicate with you on the fly in the game when you don't know what I'm saying? I've yeah. never faced anything like this before. Yeah. And I ended up <laughs> breaking the cartilage under my kneecap. And I was like, all right, it's time to go home. Yeah. So like how long, how many months of the season did you play? I was there for three months. Three months. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So not really that long. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is something (laughs) different. (laughs) So did you think like, do I want to do this? Like it must've crossed your mind at some point. Like, do I want to, do I want to go play again? Like, was that, was that, was that, was that, was it, was there any doubt in your mind that you wanted to continue to do this? I guess was the question. Yeah, I was, I was a lot stressed. I was, you know, stressed about like how I was going to feel like coming back, like with my knees. Cause like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to play in pain. And at that point I was like, you know, not enjoying it because I was playing in pain. And I was like, I need to do whatever I can to play pain free, like for mm-hmm. the longevity of my career. Mm-hmm. If I want to make this a career career. Like I, you know, want to play for five, 10 years down the road. Like I got to take that seriously. So I took a lot of time when I came home after surgery to just like build myself from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I missed the game so much during that time that I knew again that I wanted to return. And that's kind of like the key deciding factor for me is like, yeah, I miss it. I know I want to go back to it. I miss that feeling of competing. So I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Very similar to like your after your first year in, yeah. in, in college, you're like, Oh, it was literally, yeah. you know, you played, you hurt and you're like, no, I still want to do this. You still have that fire, like the hunger. Exactly. And even in the off season, I can still tell, you know, if I take the summer off from playing, I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like itching to like feel that competitiveness and like competing because I don't think there's any other feeling like it. Like I haven't mm-hmm. come across anything oh. in a different type of career for myself yet that like, gives me that same like adrenaline and energy that like competing does. So I know I'm still going for it. I'm still returning to play basketball. Like I need to get back (laughs) to overseas. I gotta go. I gotta keep playing. Yeah. Yeah. So the the obvious question here is what's, what's the, your, your, I mean, you've been in Greece for two years now, so I'm, and I'm just going to assume it's Greece, but I have to ask you, what is the favorite, your favorite country that you've played in so far? Yeah. I mean, Greece is great. Uh, I really (laughs) love it, but I really liked Mexico this summer too. Both of okay. them were, were amazing. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Cause yeah, you like, okay. So I didn't understand this. So when you went to go play there, I was like, they're having a like leagues happening now. So what was that? Was it a special tournament? Like I was so confused. Yeah. So this was a summer league kind of in Mexico. And okay. besides this summer league, like Australia always does a summer league that yes, sometimes yes. foreigners really like to go and play in. Yeah. Um, and this league in Mexico has been around for the men. The men kind of do, um, I guess, two leagues in Mexico. They do like the Ciba Copa, 
which is what they were doing in the summertime. And then they do like the NL PB, I don't know, BP, something like that. Okay. Okay. So that they, um, kind of do that in more of a October to this time of year. I don't know. They mm-hmm. got two leagues in Mexico for the men yeah. <laughs> and they decided to make one for the women. Got so this it. is the first year that they had like the LN PB for the women. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, my agent presented the offer to join a team for playoffs. Okay. So they had started their season in like April and yeah. it went until, until July. And there was a team that was starting playoffs and they really wanted to a push to, to win, to win the championship. And I thought it was a great league because it was completely based off the men's model. So, you know, you're playing in the same gym, you're getting the same mm-hmm. um, facility, same resources, same everything. And so it was run like very professional mm-hmm. and the fans mm-hmm. were fantastic. The people were super nice. The food was yeah. great. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar to Greece. Like, you know, yeah. like I could compare in that way that the people were great. The food was great. The atmosphere was great. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why I really enjoyed Mexico. And that league is going to continue to grow. I think there was... I think there was eight teams this past summer, but Mm -hmm. I think within the next few years, like all of the men's teams in the league as well, we'll add like a women's team. Got it. Got it. Got it. So it's going to, it's going to continue to grow. And I think do really well. Like it was, it was amazing. I didn't quite know what to expect, you know, a first year league, like, and I saw even when I was at home before I went, like so many people signing going to this league, I was like, what's going on? Why is everyone going to Mexico? Yeah. I was like, Oh there's some good money and fun to be yeah, had in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you see yourself potentially playing again? I mean, making jumping on a team, or would you would you would you consider making a full commitment, or do you need that downtime to like reset your body? Because it would be pretty much a straight jump, right? Like you'd go from one yeah. to the next. Are you considering it, or? Oh, of course, I'm considering it, but it's, it's so <laughs> difficult. Um, yeah. Because of yeah, just like playing year rounds and whether or not, you know, I want to break and just, just have a, like an actual off season. So mm-hmm. it's very difficult at this point to, you know, decide what I'm going to do. And there's plus, there's always pluses and minuses to both of them, of course, but of course. Um, it's going to be a tough decision for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's another option. I mean, again, like that's, that's one yeah. of those things. It's like you have, you have an, uh, an, the ability to make a decision, right. Which is, I mean, sometimes it can be challenging, but uh, it's still nice to have one of those but yeah. so you we had mentioned very briefly um obviously you mentioned the cadet team um in in your intro i mentioned more recently you played in the pan-american games um playing for the national team like that's i mean in itself an honor right like you're part of that athlete pool you're part of the people that they call on hey we're having training camp come out uh hey you're gonna play on this team um you know can you maybe just give a brief overview of the uh your participation with the national team i know you play cadet you played this is there any other things in between there? And then um, tell us a little bit about the Pan Am Games because I'm kind of curious. Because uh, that, that was in, where was it? Peru. In Peru. It was in okay. Lima. Lima, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that must have been pretty cool. But so where have you played, I guess? Uh, what 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 uh, teams have you played for with Canada? We'll start with oh, that. You know, my... Do you remember? <laughs> it's like cadet I, for yeah, sure. That was like when you were like yeah. 16 though, right? Cadet? Yeah. So I did 2012 Worlds with the 1700 okay. team cadet. Okay. I did 2013 worlds with the 19 under team. And I think that was it for the younger age groups. And then from then, you know, like it was more development team stuff. So we did, you know, games in Taiwan in 2014, 2015, I was injured 2016. I did my first um, stint with the senior team. So I did exhibition games with them in France and Spain. 
training camp. And then I also did development games in the Czech Republic. That was a crazy summer. 2017, I didn't play with the team, you know, before my senior year, I focused on college and we did our foreign trip with Utah to Italy. So I was like, I can't miss that. Um, (laughs) 2018, I did some exhibition games in China and Japan. 2019 was the Pan American Games. 2020 didn't do anything because of COVID. And then last November was at training camp. And then this past November was at training camp. So that kind of nice. like summarizes um, my time with the team. And it's kind of yeah. been like up and down. Like there's been times where I felt like I'm so close. Mm-hmm. And there's times where I feel like they're never going to call me back again. Like, <laughs> and I just like, don't know why I'm like, maybe this isn't for me. Like maybe I should yeah. give up the dream of playing with the national team. Like yeah. maybe I should just focus on overseas and like, I should just schedule my off season in my summer the way I want it because, you know, I never know what the schedule is going to be. And sometimes it's last minute and like, Mm -hmm. do I keep my schedule wide open? And so Mm -hmm. it's always, it's always stressful. And because I feel like that's, it's something I want so badly. Exactly. So, yeah. um, That's kind of been hard to deal with kind of feels like up and down, but um you know, I'm never, I'm never going to say no. <laughs> yeah, I'm never yeah. going to say no to the national team. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of like a, a big goal I have for my career yeah. is to, you know, crack the senior team roster and, and play in a major competition with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that experience in, in Lima in 2019 was, you know, it was great. It was the first time I'd been at a multi-sport event. Mm-hmm. where you're staying in an athlete village and you know, there's tons of different countries and tons of different yeah. athletes, not just basketball. Yeah. So that was a super cool thing to be a part of and, and to compete, but yeah, I mean, hopefully I can use that experience if I'm in you know a situation again, where I'm at like a multi-sport competition, because mm-hmm. there can be a lot of distractions. There's a lot going For on, sure. like there's so much to see and do in an athlete village, that type of thing. It's obviously not on like the crazy level of like um, an Olympics or anything like that, but still mm-hmm. I think it was a good like starter point to be able to experience athlete village life because it can be hard to like manage sure. that and then still try to play at for the sure. highest level. For sure. Um, but yeah, I'm always thankful for any opportunity to like train with a national team and mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's my end goal basically. So I'm gonna yeah. try to keep improving and and playing until I know I've exhausted like any every any and every effort to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So then what what um uh I know like they typically have like a pool of athletes that they like call on for different events. So like how many athletes do you know how many athletes are in the pool? Um that's a good question. Um uh maybe like 25, like okay. I mean, last November, you know, I trained with the team and there, there's a new coach, right. With the senior mm-hmm. women's team, he mm-hmm. hasn't even mm-hmm. been there for, um, for a year, Victor. So that change, like, obviously the new coach brings a lot of change. So for he sure. kind of spent the summer, you know, getting an opportunity to basically evaluate and train with almost every athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got an opportunity to meet him and train with him this past November. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, they have elite high school athletes, you know, that they, they invent kind of like the next gen, you know, they yeah. want to see how they're doing. They got the college players and you've got, you know, professional players kind of like me that are like somewhere in the middle. And then you have mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the top players of the national team. And there's maybe 
five or six, that's kind of like, they know their spot is guaranteed. Yes. You know, they've proven it. They've built it. Like they are key members of the squad and deservedly. So are pretty much there. They feel confident in the fact that they're going to be chosen for any major world event. Um, but other than that, like it's a dog fight for the other half of the team and you never know. And, and having a, having a new coach makes me excited because it's just, you know, a different person with different perspectives and maybe they'll see something in my game that a previous Mm -hmm. coach didn't, or they'll Mm -hmm. see me fit in, in a different way. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not always going to be the 12 best players. You have to put together Mm -hmm. a team, right? You have to put together a team. There's what, three or four spots for a post. Okay. So if we had the best, (laughs) if the best 12 players in Canada were all posts, well, guess what? They're not all going to make the team. Exactly. Exactly. Same thing with guards. So, you know, it's exciting to always like, have a chance you know Mm -hmm. that's all i can ask Mm -hmm. for is just an opportunity to go to a camp so yeah yeah i didn't get to go to any camps this past summer leading up to worlds and i was i was Mm. i was like i at least you know want an opportunity Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and that's all i can ask for just you know to have time with the coaches and just practice and play with the team so yeah i'm happy i got that in november and it's kind of like now I got to take the next step forwards, little, little steps by little to try to yeah. get there. Yeah, for sure. How much of like, do, I mean, again, I don't know if, you, if you'd even know this, but like, if you're in the, you're on the radar, they know, okay, Emily's here. Do they, outside of just playing up stats, like, do they send anyone to watch or like keep tabs? Or is mostly like, Hey, she's playing in a good enough league. Obviously she's had come up before. It's going to keep inviting her out. And then they only do the evaluation like at the camps. They definitely do both. You know, they have like a great, um, like video guy. He's, you know, going to ask for access to like your game film throughout the season. Where can he find the games? Where can you find the film? So they're Mm -hmm. constantly evaluating that type of stuff. Um, when I was in college, they did have, you know, like some members of the program, you know, travel around a little bit and watch games and things like that. Um, but at the professional level, I don't, (laughs) don't know how often they're doing that traveling. Yeah they're pretty much all based like in Toronto now, all of the staff. Um, but yeah, they're always actively working on that, looking at game film and stuff like that, but w- with their different concepts, right. For the game, how they want to play, it's always great to get people together to practice. And mm-hmm. even though we didn't have any games in November and there's going to be no games in February, they're still using those opportunities to bring athletes together to, to train and be with each mm-hmm. other. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, European national teams, we had the national team break for them to play their Euro basket qualifiers yeah, in November yeah. and February. Canada yeah. doesn't, right. We don't follow that same format with the FIBA no. Americas, but you know, the breaks there. So like, I'm happy. And it's, I think it's great that they take advantage of it to get the athletes together and just continue to work on, work on the concepts. For sure. For sure. So what, what is your, like, what's your off season look like? And maybe, maybe from like a big picture philosophy standpoint, right. You don't have to like, Hey, I do this, do this, but like, you know, rest times, training mindset, like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I've had a normal off season. You know, this last <laughs> summer was different with going to Mexico for a yeah. month. So that was the first time I kind of really played a, a lot, a lot in the off season. You know, I've done, you know, team Canada stuff in the off season, um, and training and stuff like that, but I do enjoy like taking time away from the game completely. Mm-hmm. And I know I have teammates. They're like, no, I have to, I have to be in the gym. Like I, I'm still in the gym all summer, every single day. And I'm like, I don't, want, I don't want that. I kind of mm-hmm. want to miss the game a little bit so mm-hmm. that I have that 
energy and like excited mindset because after eight months of every single day, sometimes you're like, wow, I don't want to go to practice today, but I have Mm -hmm. to, because it's my job Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I don't want that to continue. I don't want to get burnt out. So I give myself at least a month off from like touching a basketball, Mm -hmm. maybe two months. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I'm just like, I'm doing any type of physio stuff that anything that's been nagging me during the season, I'm doing lifting about three times a week with Sherwin and, you know, my own usually like low impact cardio stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that for a couple months before I start ramping it up and doing more basketball and more basketball specific, like conditioning. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think that's, that's an interesting point you bring up though. Like for you, you need to kind of step away. I yeah. think people, they get upset, obsessed over stuff, but there's been, and again, it obviously depends on personality type and stuff like that, but there's, there's, been research on this for these types of things where it's like sometimes just like stopping completely and just like just doing other things will actually give you the 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 thing that you're actually looking for when you're going obsessive in the gym constantly and never taking a break and again i know that's more of a psychological thing for those people but as far as actually making you better or like putting you in a position to succeed long term it makes sense right um and that time's going to vary from person to person but you need to step away to give your your mind your body like you know to develop new routines and like kind of just like feel good and i think some people struggle with that. doesn't seem like you struggle with that at all. You, the fact that you can step away. You said two months, even I was like two months. I'm like, really? I know. So. I know. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is hard. Like, and you know, you just think of like great athletes and it's always about how they're so obsessed and how much yes. work they put in, like yeah. shout out Kobe recipes, Kobe, yes. but like yes. he is the definition of like, you know, he's waking up at 4am working out, yeah. coming back home, yeah. working yeah. out again at, at 10, working yeah. out again at four. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard to not want to follow that model because you see how successful that person is for sure. But for me, it's taken time to, to trust in it and not stress about, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? Cause that'll just drive you crazy. And I've just Mm -hmm. had to trust in that. Like there's different paths to the same destination Mm -hmm. and this is mine. And this is what works for me. And I'm, and I can end up at the same place as, as this person, but it's going to look different for me because that's what I need. Sure. For sure. For sure. Now, if you told me that you're like, not only do I don't touch a ball, I don't do anything. I'd be like, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. But no, like you're still moving, <laughs> you're doing stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, like you're still, you know, being active and training and, and fixing stuff. And I think that's the thing. It's like, a, you know, you want to reboot and get ready for the, for your season. Right. So, um, okay. Yeah, we're coming me... to... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was no, going to say, it gives me an just, opportunity to, to try different things. Like there you go. Do a spin yeah. class, you know, like yes. I, that's fun. That brings me joy. I can try different fitness classes. I can do yes. yoga and like, yes, find time to do things that I don't get to do when I have to go to practice every day and, you know, exactly. be at my absolute best for games. hundred percent. No, that's, that's a, that's a great point too. Right. It's just like being able to, cause like at the, it's funny. I remember telling people, uh, it's kind of an aside, but it's kind of to the point you're making. People always would say like, oh, like you must be really good at sports or like you're a good athlete, like speaking about me. And I'm like, I don't know, like I'm just kind of a basketball player. And it's yeah. only now in later life that I've started to like move and just just do stuff, just whatever, right? Like, oh, I just want to like move yeah. my body, but I don't play basketball anymore. But that's the kind of to the point you're saying here is like, yeah, I can do other things. Like I get to just like move my body and like feel good about it and like try new things. And like, I think that that goes a long way. And I think that likely helps you in basketball because like, you know, you kind of get so stuck in these like patterns like, I just do this. I do this. And like, you almost get like blinders on, you know, yeah. from a, from a moving standpoint, movement standpoint, but also just like maybe what your body's capable of. And just, so I think those, that type of practices 
I, I find it now and I didn't have this perspective then. So it's, it's great that you have it now, but I think it's, in, it's invaluable. Like it's, it's, you know, having that wider range of like how your body moves and what you, what you can do and still take your, your discipline super, uh, uh, it's super important to you still, right? It's still your job. You're still a high level player, but you don't have to be doing it all the time. I think that's a, a nice balanced mindset uh, to take, to take to things. Um, I, we're going to wrap quick, but I have, three okay. questions for you before we get off this thing. So these ones just like, I'm just going to ask right. you a question, whatever comes to mind, just get it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, most memorable basketball story. Most memorable basketball. Yeah. This is a hard one. I know some people have it and others are like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, no. Okay. Easy for me. Winning a championship okay. this past year in Mexico. There you go. Yeah. Amazing experience. What, what, what specifically about it did like was special to you? Obviously you're winning a championship, but like, yeah, it was, uh, Post game atmosphere, all the yeah. Above. It was game seven. We were playing on their court in a game seven in front of ten thousand people. I couldn't even wow. hear myself think, wow. and it was crazy. Yeah, like just like the feeling. Yeah, when the buzzer sounds and and then you're standing there with your little whatever little trophy and the confetti starts falling. And I never yeah. had that confetti experience until we had like our um um um, like our section or conference finals in Mexico. Okay. okay. So when we made it to, after we won the semis, I guess it's kind of like Western and Eastern conference finals. Yeah. In the yeah, NBA. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll compare it to that. So we won our self zone and they shot off confetti and I wasn't, <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> so that was super memorable, but then the feeling of winning a championship and cutting a net, I had never cut oh, a net before in my cool. life. So that was That's my cool. first experience cutting a net. And then when the confetti came again, I was expecting it, but it was still just as okay. <laughs> um, okay. Next question I have here. Oh, and, and sounds like you're going to be going back to Mexico just based off what you just told me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hard to, it's hard. You, you're, you're a feeling person and you're like, it just felt so good. I'm like, okay, she's going yeah. back. <laughs> you're going to be like, listen, I need the off season, but like when that playoff run starts, you hit me up. <laughs> right. That sounds, that's a good deal. Sounds like a good deal to me. Yeah, like that. Exa- Only playoffs, exactly. best gig ever. Exactly. Right. Um, okay. So funniest basketball story. Oh, funniest. It, oh, and this can be like off the court. It can be like something happened on the bus, on the plane, the airplane. It doesn't really matter. Just related to basketball in the locker room. Right. Man, there's been, <laughs> there's been so many. Oh my gosh. I know. First that's one that comes part, to mind right? that you're, that you can say on air, obviously. <laughs> some people have said oh i got some but i can't tell those on air i'm like okay don't say those. i cannot tell those ones <laughs> um oh man i'm trying to think of a recent one then that'll be good mm-hmm. funny basketball memory <laughs> i don't know which one like kind of sticks to my mind first uh Maybe I should do college. Okay, college is a good one. Okay, so we always do a team retreat every year in college. We always mm-hmm. had to do a silly little dance off. So my okay. senior year, we have four people and like there's like four groups of four. Okay, I don't think there was a theme. You just do a, a dance off of whatever you want. So me and my teammates in my group, we decide we're each going to impersonate one of the coaches and dress oh up like that. <laughs> so we do a dance, we do a dance, but it was so perfect. We got one person being one of the assistants wearing the outfit she always wears. Yeah. We have one that's a head coach with the same color hair, ponytail and holding babies <laughs> because our coach had just had some, you know, our coach's wife had some kids. Um, yeah. Then we have another assistant and just like the mannerisms were on points. 
And of course, I'm the last person left. I'm the male assistant who yeah. is the post coach who also happens to be short. So I come in with a fake <laughs> beard and mustache walking on my knees. And oh like they're, everyone's losing their mind. Like we're in full character. Like <laughs> I had a wig. I had a wig, a mustache, a beard, literally pretending to be like <laughs> wow. the coaching staff. And they thought it was hilarious. And we did like a little dance. I don't even know what the dance or the song was, but like. That was hilarious because we just like nailed it to a T and I have a picture somewhere of like me standing beside my assistant. I'm like, it's just uncanny. It was was hilarious. (laughs) Is this something that you guys, it was like a a pre, like before the start of the season type thing or middle middle of the season, end of the season? It's usually, yeah, like before, um, right, I guess when official practices are starting. Okay. So it's kind of like that kickoff, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's too so good. It was super that- funny. Like everyone thought it was <laughs> hilarious. And yeah, we had thought about it just like in the week leading up to it and like pulled it off perfectly. That's awesome. Were you, was it all seniors? Like before you were all seniors? No, we had a mix. We had like a couple seniors and then, you know, like a freshman and like mm-hmm. a junior. So it, it was a good mix. And, you know, the, the coach thought it was hilarious. This is the type players. of, that's the thing though, but this is the type of thing that like, and this is why, um, you know, when you play a sport, basketball in this case, like you get so, and you said, hey, these are some of my friends. Like these are like homies. Like I can hit them up anytime. When you do those types of things and have those types of experiences, it's like it just builds such a camaraderie, right? And like these long, like you can always talk about that thing, right? And like, yeah, yeah super cool. All right, last thing, last question before we get off thing. Um, I always like to leave with advice, um, being that there's probably people that I'm sure there's people who want to do what you're doing, have done what you're doing. So I always like frame it like this. So imagine, um, remember, uh, I don't know if they did it with you when at your age, but um, they have the team Toba Day, for example. Yeah. Right? And they'll like, yeah. And they're like, everyone's sitting there and they'll bring in like a speaker or something. So imagine you're now there. You're like, you're like, yeah, I'm here. Like, yeah, we have Emily. And then you, you know, you talk about your journey, blah, blah, blah. And then so, like, they're asking questions and they're like, hey, like, you know, I want to do what you're doing. And now you're there and you have the, they're all in front of you waiting for you. And they're like, look up to you. So what advice would you give them? And they say, Hey, I want to play NC, I want to play NCAA. I want to play pro, you know, what advice can you give me right now? That's going to set me down the right path. What would you say? Woo! <laughs> I think I would probably like, I would give them two pieces things okay. that I think have really helped me. Um, the first one would be like about confidence okay. and that you really need to work to, you know, build up your confidence. And to me, I think confidence is kind of like a, a three, three part thing. Mm -hmm. Like it it comes from the work that you put in, you know, you're going to be confident because of everything you've done to prepare yourself. Mm -hmm. I think it comes Mm -hmm. from also what you, what you say to yourself, how do you, how you speak to yourself and and what you say to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think it has to do with your environment and Mm. as much as you want to try to remain as confident as you can, just by yourself, like having someone believe in you um, and lift you up can have a big impact as well. So yeah, you need to find a place and get to a place where you can hopefully have all three. And if not all three, at least two of them that will help you, you know, stay at a good level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think confidence is a big piece and I've seen my, my own confidence fluctuate so much, but I know that when my confidence is good, that I'm, I'm the best player I've ever been. And like, no one can come close, you know, Mm -hmm. like, my confidence is high. I'm like, there's no way I'm the best. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. even in a cocky way, but like, I know all those three things are like 
flowing. They're at, you know, max capacity and everything just feels right. Yeah. Yeah. So do everything you can to get yourself to that state of equilibrium. Yeah. Um, and the second piece would be to, you know, find more enjoyment along the journey and the mundane of things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the, the end result only feels good because of everything you went through to get there. So if you're, if you're always outcome based and outcome focused, um, you miss all the good things along the way Mm. and you're just going to stress yourself out so much more. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, the whole trust the process or believe in the process or enjoy the process like that whole thing. Um, which obviously I agree agree with so much. Um, yeah, that's, that's just, that's just great advice. Um, I think uh, I love how you broke down the confidence though. You said confidence, but then you actually gave, you know, three things you can focus on within that. Um, I have never heard anyone really, um, it all made sense, but just the way that you broke it down was perfect. So I appreciate that. Um, I think we're going to, we're going to wrap there. I mean, I don't know what time is it for you right now? 520. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not even that late. For some reason I'm like, no. oh, it's super late. Yeah. It's, I forget. It's our morning here. <laughs> no. So uh, do you <laughs> yeah. have practice tonight? I'm going to go do a lift. So that's nice. 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 No nice. practice. Okay. Well, we, we appreciate you taking the time. Um, and um, yeah, thank you. It's, uh, it's been great. I mean, I've obviously I've interviewed you uh, on kind of a different angle, but it was just kind of great to kind of walk through the whole basketball story and just hear everything. And um, if for some reason I'm still doing interviews in like five years or six years <laughs> or something like that, I'm sure I'll interview you again. Like, I don't know if it's going to be for this or whatever, but uh, you still have, I say that just to say that you have a lot of career left, um, a lot more trips to Mexico to uh, jump on playoff teams and uh, all that good stuff. But I do appreciate you taking the time uh, to do this. Thanks so much, Darcy. Um, I'll, you'll be the one I call when I'm, you know, retiring and I need a full recap of my career. You got to be the one. There we go. Me. There we go. There we there go. go. I'll, I accept now. Even if I'm not doing okay, interviews, great. I accept. We'll do awesome. a sit down interview. There we go. Yes, in person. I don't know if those things will ever come Professional, back. Professional, yeah. Exactly, exactly. All right, Kate, we'll take care. Uh, enjoy the lift okay. and enjoy Greece. Enjoy the beaches. I know everyone Thanks in so Manitoba much. is freezing. Uh, I'm not in Manitoba right now, and I'm going to make sure everyone knows that. I'm also not freezing. <laughs> so anyways, but take, take care and all the best. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. Okay. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please like, subscribe, follow, and share this series and reach out to us with your comments on the show. Thanks again for joining us.